0: It's my privilege this morning to be starting um, the beginning of a new series that we're going to be doing over the next few weeks. It's called Economy of the Kingdom. And we all know that when we become a Christian, we are laying down our own life and our own preferences, our wants, our desires, our ambitions, and we instead take up the life of Christ and do as he would will us to. We let his word direct the choices we make, how we view and interact with those around us and what we give our time to. And what we do with everything that God gives us is called stewardship. It's the responsible management of the things that he has given us, economy of the kingdom. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at three different principles about seeking first. That's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about ownership And we're going to be talking about first fruits. We're going to look at some practical applications for the way we live our lives, how we use our time, how we use all of our resources that God has given us, that includes our money, and how we use our gifts and our talents that God has given for each one of us. So as we look at Seek First today... Um, we're going to get to a scripture, which I'm sure you've all heard before, but I want to start by giving you a bit of an illustration. Now, our house is a Lego house. Has anyone else got a, a Lego house? Yeah, I see. There's parents, sorry for your sore feet, stepping on all the Lego. Well, our girls love Lego. Lego. Um, I came across a photo yesterday of our daughter Audrey when she was just four years old with her first Lego set and she's sitting there proudly. It was a a frozen Elsa castle and um, since then the obsession has just grown um, and she loves Lego. All the girls love Lego and they have just built up um, their wealth of Lego over the years. It's been the number one go-to for um, birthday presents, for Christmas presents um, and they have a lot of Lego but guess what? They want more. So uh, they discovered Facebook Marketplace and they pulled their savings to buy um, a whole lot more Lego, um, which was, seemed like a good idea. And then I walked into one of the bedrooms this week and I literally couldn't see how I, w- I was going to walk over to my daughter's desk. There was no room on the floor. There's Lego everywhere. That was priority for her. And I came across this news story the other day about a couple very um, mature adults and they also love Lego and they had a three-story house. I don't know if anyone else saw this news story. Yep, very interesting. three-story house filled with Lego. The garage was filled with Lego Um, but guess what they said? We've got no room to make more sets, build more things. So, what are they going to do? They're going to sell their house and buy a bigger house to store their Lego in. That's a real story. Wendy can vouch for that. She saw it too. Okay, so... My question for you today is, what is your number one? For those people, hands down, it was Lego. It ordered everything that they did. What is your number one? Perhaps it's a job that you absolutely love. Maybe it's your family, your kids, or a hobby. Maybe not too dissimilar to Lego. Maybe it's training for a race when we have a priority it determines our steps you know someone who's training for a race will um, make a training plan they will make sure that they've got time to do the long runs to change their diet so it um, supports their plan of how they're going to run this marathon they get up early in the morning they're not going to go to bed late because they need rest in order to get the job done what is your number one Today we're talking about what should be the number one priority for us and how that should determine everything we do. We are going to get um, into the practical application of how we spend our time. But let's open up to start um, from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 25 to 33. So if you've got your Bible with you, open it up or on your phone, otherwise it will be behind me on the screen. Therefore I tell you, So when it says, therefore, let's think about what Jesus was talking about earlier. Jesus had just spoken to his followers about their treasure. It's a passage where he talks about where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He knows our heart and our treasure are tied together very closely. And that to be his disciples, we must value heavenly treasure more than we do earthly treasure. So therefore, Jesus says, I tell you, in light of that, do not be anxious about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink... ...nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns... ...and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, being, by being anxious, can add a single hour to the span his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field... They seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Let's just take a moment to pray before we jump into this. Heavenly Father, we just want to come to you at the beginning of this series, Lord. We thank you that you've put it um, on the hearts of this church just to speak into this area of stewardship, Lord. And we just want to invite you to have your way in our hearts. We are your disciples and we want to be more like Jesus in everything we do. So we invite you now. Would you help us to hear what you have to say? Spirit, would you speak to us? We want you to change our hearts. Would you just bless the word this morning? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so in this passage, we're told not to worry, not to be anxious about your life. Now, this is not talking about um, chronic anxiety conditions, it's talking about the constant worry about material things. It's about what we would concern ourselves with in our thought process throughout the day. How much time are we spending thinking about and what we might eat, or what we might drink, or what we might wear? Jesus is speaking to a group of people who want to hear what he has to say. They're following him. They're eating up his every words. These people have a level of faith in Jesus. They think that he is uh, who he says he is and they they have lives that want to serve him. These are the people that um, Jesus is speaking to, just like us here today. Food and clothing are necessary things in life, are they not? I'm sure most of us can sit here this morning, Um, we've got a bit of energy because maybe we've had a coffee, we've had something to eat or by the end of the day you'll have had something to eat. We can keep uh, going physically because we've had food. And as for clothing, well I'm definitely glad that we all have clothing here this morning. These are things that we need in our everyday. But Jesus is saying when we spend the majority of our time thinking about what we're going to eat and the things right in front of us, the material things... This scripture says that we are just like those in the world who don't know God. And you might hear this in conversations um, with friends or with other people. And the way that we talk about whether it's possessions or about um, gaining more possessions or talking about food. And it's not bad to talk about these things. But when it um, takes up so much of our conversation, it's the primary thing that we perhaps talk about. Where our hearts are fixed on. You might notice this in conversation with other people. But as contrast, as followers of Jesus, our lives shouldn't be consumed with the worry of material things. We ought to be different from the world around us. Our lives ought to be marked by Jesus. We have demands in our world today for accumulation of more things, don't we? The bigger, the better the more is better, we want things quickly, we want things fast, we want things delivered to our door, we want to use um, what we have and what we can grasp and bring into our circle, we want to use it often to bring our own, build our own kingdom. But how do we seek first the kingdom of God? Because we know we make a decision to follow Jesus and our hearts are devoted to him, but then it's a life of walking out our salvation with him, Yes. It's a practice of how are we going to live? How are we going to seek the kingdom of God in a society that is not doing that and is consumed with um, consumption and um, obsession over the material things? How are we going to do that? So let's just look at, there are a few reasons in the text this morning that I think is a really great foundation as we start this series before we get to the application. So number one is that God is our provider, We need to start by knowing who God is. And in this uh, scripture, we're given examples from nature. We're told that God is the one who provides for the birds. I don't know if you've ever watched uh, birds, but you never see them seem to be stressed about finding food to eat. God provides food for them to eat. He's the one who clothes the flowers in the field. Um, I don't know about you, but I just love seeing all the different... Um, flowers and roses we had some incredible flowers at our women's event last week it was just amazing Um, and the other day at school um, my daughter Luella she wanted to make sure after school she went past this um, garden in the school to pick a flower for Nonna that just had the most beautiful patterns on it it had purple and this zebra pattern and this yellow furry bit it was amazing but there's so much detail that God has put in the little things and he cares for even the flowers God is provider. We get this picture first in scripture in the book of Genesis, in the story of Abraham. It's the name um, Jehovah Jireh, and it's memorialized by when um, Abraham was asked to sacrifice his son Isaac to God, and God provided the ram instead to be sacrificed. Abraham says in Genesis uh, 22 14, God himself will provide the, the lamb for the burnt offering. The Lord will provide and it actually talks about it being a future action. not just that He did provide, but He will provide. He's going to continue to provide. God is our provider. And the next truth that we can draw from this scripture is that we, as His children, are of great value to God. It says, "Look at the birds of the air. they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them, are you not of more value than the birds? God considers the birds, but even more so, He considers us His children. Will He not provide also for all of our needs? As children of God, we're dearly loved by Him. And we see this picture time and time again in Scripture of God as Father. The example of of the way that a father loves a child. Um, 2 Corinthians 6.18 says, I will be a father to you and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Um, Psalm 103, it's such an amazing psalm. But this one verse, verse 13 says, As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. If we know God is provider, and if we believe that, and if we believe that we are valued as his children, what does that mean for the way that we approach our lives? It comes to a natural um, sort of conclusion, doesn't it? If God is provider and we are valued as his children, we can trust that God will provide for all of our needs. I don't know if that sounds simple to you this morning. It reads simply, but for us to take a hold of that in our lives, it's a completely different story. And I just pray this morning for all of us that we would uh, be prepared for what the Spirit might say to us this morning and lead us into that deeper devotion to Him. You know, we often are buying school uniform or dancing uniform for the kids. There's a sermon about the kids this morning. But, um, so one time I was buying, um, I, I made a comment about how expensive it was to get all the uniform because when you buy it all at once, it's, it, it adds up quite a bit. Um, And one of my daughters said, oh, mum, I can give you some money towards it. And I'm like, that's okay, it's okay, honey, it's fine, we've got it. And she's like, no, 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 like, I think it's just too much money, like, just take a little bit. And I'm like, really, it's okay. But she, I had to reassure her, this was not her worry to take care of these things. As her parents, we've got this. We care for our kids, we will make sure that they have what they need And God is exactly the same. He is our Father. And when we go to Him, um, you know, with various issues, He wants to meet all of our needs. He wants to give us good gifts. Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall supply all your needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And when we don't believe that God will provide for us, we are actually almost denying who God is, that He is our Heavenly Father who cares for us. That's... I feel like that's a tough statement, but that's the, the inverse of trusting him as provider. Do we choose to worry and have a constant a cycle of thoughts that focuses on um, what we need and the material things? Or do we put, choose in those moments to put our faith and trust in God and seek him above all things? That's what Jesus means when he says, um, will he not much more clothe you? Will he not much more provide for the needs that you have? So we're not told, it's not just do not be anxious, but we're actually told to do something instead. Verse 33, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. This is what we're going to focus on today. Seek God first and everything else will follow. Again, that sounds really simple, doesn't it? But in action, it's harder. Once we receive what God has done for us in Jesus and choose to follow him, we we look to him now for provision and direction. Our dependence should shift from us feeling like we need to provide for ourselves to God being the one who provides for us. When we recognise that he is the Lord, he is all-powerful, he is God of the universe, he is the provider, we're admitting that we need him and we trust him. It's the beginning of our journey of faith. Our lives are to be ordered around God. It should transform everything we do. So how do we do this? got a little prop over here. I think it's all right if I walk over the mic. Cool. Can you see this up the back? Good? Okay. So, you know, uh, Pastor Charles loves an illustration and I think it does... <laughs> It does help us to grasp what we're talking about. So we seek the first the kingdom of God, and I want to give you this illustration this morning, and we're going to talk about this over the next few weeks. So hopefully you will get sick of hearing it because we want it to be stuck in your head. But we seek first the kingdom of God, just like we look through a certain frame. So I don't know about you, but when it comes to our lives, we often compartmentalize. Does anyone else? You don't have to put up hands, it's fine. Okay, so today we're in a church. Um, this is great. We've got our, our family of God. We've got a God time happening. We've got, you know, the kids do their thing and we come in here and we sing and we listen to the word. Um, but then we go home. We might have a family lunch. We might have a, a getting ready for the week. Um, And then we're off to work tomorrow and tomorrow's about work and I'm going to focus on that. Um, And then when I get home, it's running the kids around. um, And then the next day, maybe it's some study, you know. So I've got all these different areas of my life. And I like to, uh, sometimes I think of them as separate because that's easy. That's easy. There's a lot going on. But that's actually not a biblical understanding of how we're supposed to view our lives. Seeking God's kingdom is not something that we add into our lives, but it's the overarching theme to our entire life. So if I was to use this frame, it affects everything that I see. I'm looking through this frame and it's like it's giving me a filter for what I look at. So whatever I'm doing, this frame is going to set the agenda. It's going to remind me of who I am and of whose I am, and it's not going to leave me. So, with that said, I'd like to invite Andy Reeves to come up. Let's give him a big round of applause. Thank you, Andy, because I can't um, finish delivering a sermon holding this up. But Thanks, Andy. So, okay, there's Andy. So, he's, um, he's got the filter. My filter, looking great. Looks good, doesn't he? Okay, so my filter is... Let's read it together. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Nope. Back up. Yep. Cool. Okay. There we go. Um, okay. So this frame is my filter. It's going to affect everything I do. All right. It's slipping. Let's pop it back up. Okay. So when I become a Christian, Andy, have you decided to follow Jesus? Yes. Fantastic. Fantastic. Let's, yeah, round of applause. Okay. So Andy's decided to follow Jesus. And, and now he's going to view the world with this filter. He's going to seek first God and his kingdom in all aspects. Okay? This is what he's done. He's decided to follow Jesus. Andy, wait, wait, wait. Okay. There he goes wondering. All right. Okay. So Andy, um, you work, don't you? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so this is going to stay with you as you go to work. So maybe you can show us how you're going to work down those stairs. He's going to take that filter with him. So as he goes to work, is he going to keep the filter there? Andy, filter up. Yep, there we go. Okay. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So he's going to work. He's coming around. He's keeping the filter up. There we go. Because we forget, right? Come along. He's going to work. And it's staying there. He's not going to... is he going to go to work and put it down? No, hopefully not. All right, he's going to keep it with him wherever he goes, whatever he faces in his life, whether it's family at home, um, whether it's work, whether it's his health, whether it's his hobbies. He is going to constantly seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness in all things. You can come, come back up if you like. Doing, he's doing an excellent job. We're just making it up as we go along, guys. <laughs> okay, so Andy... When he um, goes to work, he's going to seek the kingdom of God. At home, loving his family, he's going to seek the kingdom of God. When he's talking to friends, he's going to seek the kingdom of God. When he's doing his budget, seek the kingdom of God. What about with all your gifts and talents? He's going to seek the kingdom of God first in all of those areas. Let's give Andy a round of applause. Thank you. You get the picture? You're not going to forget that. (laughs) This frame is my filter for how I view the world. So what does it look like in reality? What about our time? Let's talk about our time this morning. Remember our passage that God is provider, that we are of great value to him and we can trust that he provides for all of our needs that includes the demands that we face day to day with our time. If we believe he's our provider, then we will trust the way that he calls us to spend our time. We need to look to him for, for provision, for direction, um, remembering again, as I said earlier, that our dependence is not on ourselves, but it's actually on him. I love these scriptures. Ephesians 5.15 says, Be very careful then how you live, Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, for the days are evil. Do not be foolish, but understand what God's will is. And we know in Scripture God's will is to love God and love others. If we can sum it up, Psalm 90:12 says, "Teach us to number our days, so that we might get a heart of wisdom." So, as we think about time in our lives. And I'm not sure what's coming to mind for you, but we're called to view um, the way we approach time differently if we follow Jesus, to be intentional about what we do with our time, how we spend our time, how we serve others with our time, how we gather together with our time, how we invest in our relationship with God. God wants us to invest in time into the things that matter, not earthly treasures, but into eternity, into people, to relationships, to loving those around us. It's about reordering our priorities. So our number one is to seek God first. Remember this passage is saying don't be occupied by material needs and the concern of that. God has a place for material things in our lives. Again, thank you, Lord, for clothing. We appreciate that very much. Um, he has a place for all of these things. But he calls us time and time again in Scripture to give more attention to the spiritual. And when I say spiritual, I don't mean um, airy-fairy and you're off, you know, um, doing your own thing and you're just so busy um, just praying I mean pray. That's excellent. But you're so busy doing all these things that you're not interacting with anyone. That's not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about spiritual. But he calls us to devote our hearts to him, that we would be um, learning about him and growing with him and being changed by him. So three different areas where I think this plays out really practically. Number one, time alone with God. How are we fostering our own personal as Tyron spoke about this morning so beautifully. How are we fostering our own time with God? How are we um, pouring out our gratitude and praise to God in our lives? Now, I'm going to say this now before I get to all these other examples. This is about you and God. It's not about the person next to you um, and God. It's not about, um, you know, someone you would given the side eye to over there about, and, and them about God. It's actually about between you and God and each of us is called to follow God and each of our paths is going to look different. We've all got different um, things in our lives, different um, demands, whether it's a family, whether it's work, whether it's study, um, all the different things. So don't think about other people and what they're doing. I want you to think about yourself and God and listen to what the Spirit is saying to you. So how are you investing time with God? In prayer, in reading his word, in worshipping him. You know, we often want things instantly. We want them quickly and we can get them quickly, can't we? All the time now you can Uber Eats anything you want and get it to your doorstep. But our relationship with God um, is a long game. We are investing in something that we know matters because we've decided to devote our lives to him, right? So we know that um, he requires all of us, all of our praise, all of our hearts. But we need to continue to invest in that. Um, I love this example of um, reading scripture um, and painting it like it's a long-term experience. Interest account, I think that's what it is. And so it's like you're not going to get that result. It's not like an ATM. You're not just taking out stuff. What can I get out of the word today? You're investing because one day you will face hard times. We all will. And you need to be able to draw on the truth of God's word to be able to stand on it strong and firm or to bring it out for the person next to you and declare it over them when they're struggling. And it's hard for us to do that if we haven't spent that time sowing and investing in God's word and in our relationship with him. Again, it's not about a checklist. It's not about ticking off a plan every day, although for some people that might be the way that we like to do things. But it's about devoting our hearts and our time to the Lord. You know, um, I came across this saying it was in relation to money, but I think it works just as well with time as well. If you don't control your time, your time will control you. And who knows that we don't often find ourselves with um, just a spare couple of hours. Does it fall into your lap? No, it doesn't. I wish it did, but we don't find the time just coming to us. One day, when I have time, I will do this. I'm sure many of us have said that before. But when we seek him first, his blessings follow. We miss the blessings of God when we do not earnestly seek Him daily because He wants to provide for us. He wants to give us rest in Him. He wants to give us His strength, His wisdom, His peace in chaos. He wants to bring comfort into our situations. He wants to give us guidance and direction so we know which way to go. We might ask the question, why aren't I receiving peace in this difficult situation? I come to church and I hear that I should be receiving God's peace, but I'm not feeling it. It says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. We sung that this morning. Is that true for us today? Are we finding that as we spend time with God that we can say we receive his peace and joy? He's offering it to us all. We can receive these gifts when we put God first in our time. And for everyone, it will look very different. But it's a recognition that God is the one who is at work. He's the one who is keeping things going. And that's a a massive revelation to have, that he sustains the universe by the word of his power. It's actually not me, but he's the one who's keeping things going. He will continue to provide, even though I might stop for a moment. Because you might say this morning, Jasmine, you have no idea how many things I have to do. Um, And I'll answer that back to you and say, I have many, many lists myself. Um, I'm a list person. But you might say, you don't know what I've got to do. You don't know um, what I'm facing and the demands. Um, You don't know that I literally do not have a minute in the day to myself. And I hear you this morning. I have been there. I've had a week like that this week. It's a struggle. But I know that God is the God who created time. He's a God who multiplies. And as we come to him, he gives us so much more than we can imagine. We sang that song this morning that he is so generous towards us. He wants to give us these good gifts if we would come and seek him first. You know, I just realized I missed like two whole pages. That's fine. It's all good. Because I was thinking, I wanted to share with you this illustration. Who's heard of the big rocks theory before? It's by a guy called Stephen Covey, um, Covey. And it's this metaphor about what we prioritise in our lives. Now, I wanted to have a table here so I could demonstrate to you with the rocks and the sand. But I thought one prop was enough to t- for today. Um, but it goes a bit like this. Um, we have big rocks in our lives and they're the things that are most important to us. Okay, so in the context of what we're talking about today, it is the time that we, we spend with God. Um, so seeking him first, that's number one. Another one might be family. Then we have many things um, which are like pebbles. Um, so they might be um, work, and obviously it's different for everyone, work and, and health or fitness or, um, I don't know, hobbies and things like that. And then we have sand, and that's things that are um, not as important on our priority list. And what happens, imagine a big um, bowl, and if we put, fill it up with sand first, so they're the things that aren't very important, that um, occupation with, um, you know, food and all the material things, and then we put in other things like um, hobbies, then we don't have room in our bowl, in our jar for the things that matter, Okay. It's not like we can just squeeze them in. Actually, there's no room for them anymore. But when we put in the big rocks first, that is time with the Lord, time meeting together with believers, time serving other people, and then we filter everything else, again, remember, seeking God first, and then everything else, then as it says in Scripture, God adds all the things that we need as well. We're able to fit them in. But he calls us to shift our priorities, to put him first above all things. So some questions for you. Do we give God the time he deserves and that we need to spend with him or or does he get what's left over, what we can fit in? Do we give God our first and our best? We're going to talk a bit more about that over the next few weeks. Again, don't compare to the person sitting next to you. Um, Your first and your best is your first and your best. I'm a morning person. I love getting up early. Steve, he couldn't think of anything worse, like, chalk and cheese so the morning that's not his best you know we're different what is your first and your best in this season of life how do I honor God with my time you might be a student you might be a young parent you might be a retiree you might work full-time whatever it is how do I honor God with my time another question what is one way that he is calling me to a greater faith in him, in how I spend my time? How is he calling me to greater faith? To trust that as I seek him first, that I as I keep this up here and I choose, I've noticed perhaps I am letting it slip and I'm letting other things dictate my priorities. But as I keep it up here, how am I trusting that he will provide for my needs? Am I bringing all of my needs before him? Okay. So we talked about time alone with God. Let's talk about, so that's a priority. Number two, time in the community of God, time with other believers. So just an illustration for this one. Um, Our family, we decided a number of years ago that we wanted to do a family movie night and it was going to be something that was immovable. Every week, every Friday night, we would come together, we'd watch a movie, we'd have some, like, really yummy dessert together. We'd have fun. The purpose of it was to spend time together so we could enjoy one another's company as a family unit and another priority was that we could build our family identity. Who are we um, as a family together? This was something that we instigated and... You know, it took a little bit of a while to get into the habit, but um, then it was just a staple every single week um, that the kids looked forward to. In the same way, I believe coming together as a family of believers, whether it's in church, whether it's in connect groups, whether it's gathering, gathering together around a table, whether it's in discipleship with one another, this is a priority because we grow in fellowship with God in this way. We're placed in this family of believers as a group of diverse individuals, you don't choose your family, do you? But this is our family, and God has placed us um, here together to learn from one another, to encourage one another, and to worship Him together, so that He might be glorified in our midst. It says in Hebrews ten, consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together. So I'm not standing up here to say that you need to be here and sitting in the front row every week. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that coming together with a family of believers should be a priority for you. How that looks for you and your family, that's going to be different for every single person here. But it should be a priority in our lives. It takes effort and it takes intentionality. And it's costly. Saying yes to prioritising time with God and time with believers means that we have to say no to other things. But again, this frame is my filter and I will seek the kingdom of God first and trust that he will add all the other things that need to be done to me as I go along. All right, the third and last thing I wanted to highlight is time that we give to um, serving others and to loving our neighbours and the people around us. Um, And I think this is a tough one. I imagine each of these three might hit differently for all of us, time with God, time with the fellow believers and time um, serving others. I I wonder if where they're heading for you this morning and if one of them is sort of challenging you a bit more than others. But we are called to prioritise people over programs and relationships, over uh, rituals and just doing the things we do because we do them. Matthew 5.16 says, Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And Philippians 2, 3 and 4 says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And this is a this is a really challenging one, and I wanted to just share um, a bit of a, a personal testimony of how this is outplayed for me. Um, it was very challenging, but um, back in March, I think we had a church conference in March, and... Um, One of the speakers was just talking about sharing your faith and sharing with people. And I think it was about prioritising the time that we have with other people. And she just made a throwaway comment like, oh, maybe, you know, if you're a school mum, which I am, "Um, you know, you might like to get school pick up a bit early so you can spend time getting to know the other mums. So that was the comment when, you know, it was in my head but sort of got lost with all of the other things. Um, But it was there. And at that point, I thought that's that's hitting home for me. Um, Come October... And I, you know, the last month or so been feeling really challenged in this area of putting people's needs above my own. And um, full disclosure, I I love to think that I can um, be the master of time. I love being efficient. I really like getting as much done as possible. I will try and cram as much in my day. And I will never get it all done, but I, I will just want this just list that keeps growing and growing. And I just want to feel like I can get it all done. That's me. So, that's where I'm coming from. And um, I am blessed to know many of the mums um, at my school. Uh, my eldest is in grade six, so I've known them for many years now. And I've got uh, friendships with, with many of the mums there, um, especially with the three kids at school. Anyway, so I felt challenged to... Go earlier to school pickup because what I normally like to do is go leave the house because we're five minutes away um, from school. Leave the house at 3:10. I'm there at 3:15. Walk to the class. There are the kids, and then before that, I can still work at home up till 3:10. I can get as much done as I want to get done because you know it's. I don't know. It doesn't matter what you're doing, but I think it's really important. I think that it. I was thinking it's more important than having a conversation with these people. Um, And can I tell you, I've been completely humbled the last month because I don't think, um, although we've had great friendships over the years with these women, um, I don't think I've ever had as much faith based conversations with these women asking about church asking about um you know my work and what I do here than I ever have before and I have been humbled because I did choose my own interests over the interest of these other people these people who God wants to come into his kingdom he wants you know as it says in scripture um us to to show our good deeds so that it can point to his goodness it's not about me it's about him so that That's one challenge. How are we serving other people with our time? How's God calling you to greater faith in the area of loving and serving those around you? That might be something that you might like to look at this week with your time. And you know what? If I do have a big pile of work to do at home, I can trust that he will make a way for that to happen if it needs to get done. Um, There's many things on our lists to do. There are many things and often they're good things. But we need to spend time seeking God about the things that he would have us to do. Because we don't need to do more than what he's asking us to do. So our filter for our time is seek first the kingdom of God. Our filter for our talent, which we'll continue to talk about. Seek first the kingdom of God. Our filter for our resources is seek first the kingdom of God in all things. So as I finish, um, I'm just going to invite Shem to come up on the keys. And if everybody could stand with me as we just spend a moment just meditating on these words. I know there's a lot in there this morning. But I just want to encourage you to have those open hearts this morning to what God might be saying to you And let's fight that temptation to to worry about what we think we should be doing, but just listen in to what God might be saying to you this morning and how he might be leading you to surrender something to him this morning. Perhaps it's about reordering your priorities. And sometimes we have our priorities in order. We, We are seeking first God's kingdom and then we get distracted and things happen and we need to bring up that filter again and remind ourselves to seek first God's kingdom in all aspects. It takes work, it takes intentionality but we have the spirit with us to guide us in all things. Maybe for you it's a prayer for for greater faith in who God says that he is. God is our provider And part of us spending time with God in His Word and around other believers is reminding ourselves of that and discovering that to be true more and more, that He is who He says He is and we can trust Him. If you're that person who's saying, you have no idea how much I have to do and the pressure that I'm under, will you take a step of faith this morning and ask that God would guide you through that, that He would meet your needs? Would you take a step of faith that says, God, you are my provider. You sustain the universe and I trust that you will hold me through this and you will show me the things that I need to give my attention to. Let's just bow our heads. I just want to pray for you all this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person in this room. Lord, I thank you for hearts that are devoted to you hearts that have taken up that call to follow Jesus, Lord. And we pray in this moment, at the beginning of this series, Lord, would you do a work in our hearts, Lord, for the times and the areas in our life where we feel bound by whatever it might be, Lord. I'm sure we've all got different things coming to mind, but when we feel that um, we are controlled by the things that are in front of us, Lord. Let us be directed by you. Let's seek your kingdom first, be our mantle, let it be our filter. Let it um, go before everything that we do. We want to be a people that are marked by you, Lord. Help us not to worry about things the way that the world around us does. For people who don't have you, Lord, they will stress about it. They will continue to think about it in an endless cycle of worry and um, concern and what they can gain, Lord. But we pray that we would be a people set apart, that we would be consecrated to you, that we would be marked by your spirit with us, that you would cause us to um, have a difference in us, that because we seek you first, that our lives look different and our lives declare your glory and our lives can be a blessing to the people around us, Lord. We want to be used by you. And Father, I just pray for those, those really difficult situations, Lord, the things that are the complex and for those people today who are just feeling really overwhelmed with time. We just pray that you would uh, send your spirit to ease that burden, Lord. The Lord wants to carry our burdens. It's not hard for Him, but we have to hand it over to Him. And we try and carry them and we try and carry them, but He wants to show us a better way. He wants to give us good gifts as our Father, our loving Father in heaven. So Lord, I just pray for everybody here. Would you bless them in what they do? Would you bless the work of their hands? as they surrender their hearts and their lives to You afresh this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.